Forget about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater. And welcome to the Heater Podcast All-Star Break Edition as we uh, take this pause to uh, uh, examine where we are in the the landscape and Major League Baseball as we look at the, it's never the, the evenly distributed second half, but it's always looked at that way. First half leading up to the All-Star Break, uh, and then it's the, the second half of the season. So you have the small reset, the small break. Uh, where are teams looking as we now start the home stretch? Uh, where does that come in, into play uh, within it? So we're going to take a look and give you our uh, our version of our power rankings as we get ready for the second half of the, of the season uh, and where things shake uh, shake out uh, at this point. Uh, but as always, the Heater Podcast is brought to you by River Creek Popcorn for all of your snacking needs for baseball games, movies of choice, and all-star games. Come hungry, leave happy. Uh, how has life been on the wagon lately? Cooler. It was actually nice this past weekend it was around a gorgeous here. Gorgeous week. Wish, always wishing for rain, but uh, yeah. as far as temperature wise, for mid July, mid July, this was as nice as we've gotten in a while. We'll see. It's supposed to warm up again this weekend, but uh, yeah, it's been it's been going well. Um, come check out the new building. It's all done. I'm putting up the logo soon. Uh, I got to get it some screws. I got to get the the right tools for it. And, it looks and, awesome. Thank you. And then uh, yeah, the the new building. Doing some final finishing up. I bought the sander today to sand some of the inside. I had to sand some of the baseboarding and the table in there. And once that's done, ready to go. Well, who are our smooth operators as we begin to look at uh, the power rankings within it? That's the best of a transition as I could think of there. Uh, But uh, I I suppose before we go to the top or bottom, where do you want to bottom and work our way up? All right. Then it'll be a tease for until we get there. Uh, But when we were... Looking at this, uh, you had yours ready to go. I was my, my last-minute prep. Uh, but looking at it, I'm pretty confident we're going to be uh, – this feels like an easier ranking to do. I think right. I like a lot of the times, too. And, yes, it feels like there are – More clear tiers. We've done this every year since we started doing the podcast, and sometimes it's been harder than others. This one, little little more set, I think, at least on the extreme ends. The middle, you can always – flip around here or there, but yeah, definitely a haves and a haves nots this year. Well, with those have nots, and I think there's a very clear five, I think we're, groupings of five seem to work out very nicely within this. So the, the bottom five uh, definitely appear to be, uh, I would I would assume there's going to be a consensus, but uh, you had uh, great names for our, our, our tiers. My, so my bottom tier, we're calling the bottom dwellers because that is where they're located. And probably in the standings, maybe not quite in the order. Of the st- These are not exactly the standings. These are how we saw the first half going. So my bottom five teams. And dead last, I have Oakland. There were times they showed some life. They did sweep the Brewers. I remember that very well, unfortunately. But overall, Oakland has been the worst team, followed by Kansas City. It's been a rough year. I put Washington at 28, third worst. 27 is the Colorado Rockies. And 26, I have the Detroit Tigers. I would agree with the, the the rankings exactly in that order. Uh, Oakland is a clear the the bottom team, and every stat uh, shows it. They are at a, a negative two forty eight in the plus minus run differential. Uh, so if you're gonna if you're gonna be something, go for the gold, right? Your best uh, will be the best at being the worst. 
uh, and they're uh, on the basis of these things. They're expected uh, win loss differential. Here's our Oakland positive for the day. They're actually better than uh, better record than what the the stats say they should be. Uh, so at twenty five and sixty seven, they should be twenty four and sixty eight. So hey, way to be one game better. Uh, that's about as good as you're going to get for being at the bottom of the barrel. Uh, Officially, and, on record wise, Kansas City has got that one more win, right? They have the 26th win that Oakland doesn't have, but they have a few less losses. Kansas City's been really bad too. Oakland gets Oakland gets all of the hype because they're getting ready to move to Vegas, so they're more in the uh, like media headlines. But Kansas City's also had a horrendously bad year. It's amazing that Kansas City has been as overlooked as they've been. It's only been because of Oakland. Uh, uh, within it, I guess. So here's a question: If you were given the the keys to the to the kingdom, keys to the franchise, uh, and coming in to do that, which team would you be willing uh, to say, "Yep, I, I can, I can try to make it with this team"? Kansas City over Oakland. I'll, I'll take it. Kansas City has three and a half building blocks that I take over any on Oakland. Oakland's best players who Story Ruiz is that we're going with right now, and only in a very like. Does he have a chance to be an above-average leadoff hitter? Yeah. yeah. Speed alone helps it, but then uh, if the rest of the game comes out, could he be an above-average leadoff hitter? Certainly. And that, it's like Brent Rooker, Seth Brown. Those, those fine players, don't get me wrong, but those are not pillars of your team. Whereas Go Kansas look City, at Sean Murphy's stats this year. Go look at yeah. Matt Olson's stats this year. And look what you got back in return. That's the thing. Why Again, who in Atlanta has blackmail material over you? Because, like... For that, those level of all pro, like potentially best at your position, top three at worst. We're recording this hours uh, before the All Star game. Guess who's starting? Both yep. of those players are starting for the National League. That's like half of Atlanta is, and neither of them are are old. Those <laughs> could have been part of a foundation of, of a team. That like, wh- why did you gift them to Atlanta? It made no sense. What do you love about their? Uh, what they have on their, they're good at development. You look at their major league roster with them, and that's great. You need one of those players, not what you grabbed in return. Uh, uh, some guys you already DFA'd out of the organization with them, just terrible when you count the talent that they had and then what they have in return. Kansas City's underachieved. Uh, you have building blocks that are there. No p- invest in pitching. Go find the best pitching development person available. Blank check. Bring them into your organization and build from the ground up minor league uh, on your way up within it. That's that's all that Kansas City needs. You have some good building blocks, position player-wise, already there. Start looking at it that way. But uh, Kansas City, uh, uh, second then Colorado, Washington, Detroit. Uh, Detroit at least has... Spencer Torkelson has finally shown a little bit of life. Uh, There was worry that he wasn't... There was worries that he wouldn't even reach the level that he's at now. Yeah. There's, I mean, you could break this tier up into two because Oakland and Kansas City are below the other three if you really wanted to. Now, those other three teams are not good either, but those two are, are worse than these two. Washington has found, I think Washington is going to trade some pieces. That's what they're clearly in the rebuild. They they had a very fortunate draft the other night. They got Dylan Cruz. They, they got all those players for Juan Soto. Mackenzie Gores had flashes. Josiah Grace had flashes. So, I think they're on the up and up. I think they'll move Jaime Candelario here soon. Colorado is is always just permanently stuck in neutral, it feels like. where About the 26th ranked team in Major League yep. Baseball for like the last 10 years running. And Detroit, look, Detroit could have went two ways. There wasn't that long ago we didn't talk, we talked about Detroit being the next up-and-coming team, kind of like the Orioles, where the Orioles are at now. And 
injuries, Scooble's back. Scooble's pitched two fantastic games. He's, he's only so pitching good. about eight innings in them, but he's back. That helps. Matt Manning threw a seven or a combined no hitter. So that's the players that we were hoping for. And yeah, Torkelson's looked okay. Riley Green's back from injury. There's there's hope in Detroit. It's not going to be a quick process, a turnaround here, but there's more hope in Detroit than there is in like Colorado or Washington at this there's point. There's more pieces there available now than what has been uh, as part of this process. So we go into our, our next uh, next tier. The up-and-comers. Most of these teams have at least something that they can hit their, tip their cat on. So 25, the probably most underachieving team so far. I have the St. Louis Cardinals. That is where I put them. 24, I have the Chicago White Sox. And speaking of other underachieving teams, there's, we'll get to some more here. Uh, 23, Pittsburgh Pirates. It's higher than we've seen them in the past, so that's that's up. Uh, 22 is the Cubs. It's hard to find a spot for the Cubs. And 21, I guess these next couple could be on the underachievers, but 21, I have the San Diego Padres. We have uh, only one difference uh, in them. Uh, so I, you you were kinder in your tiered uh, 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 titles uh, for this. This this one and so your next five. What would you uh, that we're gonna get to? What's that tier called? Maybes. Maybes. I went for minor disappointments and full disappointments. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so full uh, throwing shade at the whole thing uh, within it. So full disappointment category with one. So exception. Can I guess who the team is that is in your tier that is not in mine? Yep. Would it be a, the uh, other team in New York, the National League version of New York? They they do the best at cutting the checks, but not at cutting the results. Yeah. Uh, and. The only team that's an exclusion in this category would be Pittsburgh. So you have Pittsburgh higher? Okay. Uh, so I have Pittsburgh in this ranking within it, but they just don't fit the full disappointments. That's true. The other four do. Uh, so yeah, I have, I have St. Louis, next one up, and then White Sox, next one up. Then this is where I'd, I have Pittsburgh, uh, and then Mets, then Cubs. Mets and Cubs. You don't have the Padres in there instead. Okay, so St. Louis, we've talked about them plenty on this. I don't get it. They they're still tracking towards last. They have been one of the worst teams in baseball, which is just not something you're used to saying from them. They're at least doing more middling now. Like they're about yeah. 500 now. But they dug such a hole. Uh, this is a, you say at 500. The rest of it, it's going to be one of the worst records they've had in quite a while. Yep, not something we're used to saying from St. Louis. Uh, we both talked about the White Sox. We thought that Tony Larusa was the problem, and I'm not saying that he wasn't the problem because I don't think that helped any. But it's been pretty much equally as bad. The White Sox sit here at the All-Star break. They are 38-54. and 54. It's really bad. Uh, they're getting – that's a team, too, when you look at it, you're like, there's talent all over this team, right? Luis Robert is, is a star. And, and Eloy Jimenez, if he ever stays healthy, should be a star. And I like Andrew Vaughn. And there's players that you're like, this is a pretty good team, or at least the makings of it. I've seen the rumors. The rumors are out there that they're going to trade Dylan Cease to the Diamondbacks for Jordan Lawler. It's possible. I guess it makes sense. I've seen the rumors of Lance Lynn getting traded. It's not going anywhere at this point, and I can say that they've underachieved for years, but they keep doing it. So at some point, you can't get stuck. You, you can't get stuck, or you become Colorado again. Oh, is it? Are the White Sox the the Colorado of the American League? That's an interesting. <sighs> are, be. are they becoming it? Uh, they haven't uh, always been it, but it feels like we're. Uh, they have name brand recognition. But when you're struggling to do things in the AL Central, uh, or you're getting you're closer to the bottom tier of the AL Central, that's not where you want to be. So the Pirates, so you said they don't really fit, and they don't. I actually kind of like 
some of the stuff they're doing right I, now? I do. I, I for the first time in a while, I like what they've the their veteran additions that are meant to be stop gaps for now, mm-hmm. uh, and then player development. Uh, what, it feels as if there's an actual cohesive plan that's working in, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, we've seen some young. They've called up a few young players. Uh, Henry Davis looks great. They're not playing him in the set catcher. They're playing him in the outfield. So because they have Andy Rodriguez, who I expect to see shortly. He was in the Futures game the other day. He'll play catcher, and he's been fine. Uh, Nick Gonzalez, who's a former top five pick himself, kind of flamed out in the minors, but kind of forgotten about. He's been pretty good at second. Obviously, Brian Reynolds. I like Jack Swinski. And Neil Cruz is going to be coming yeah, back O'Neal here. Neil Cruz, that's right, yeah. And so Mitch Keller's been okay. I don't know. I, I like what they're doing. I don't think this is the year. It's probably not even next year. But two, three years, this team could be competitive again. You mentioned that in the same tier you also have the Cubbies, right? Correct. Okay, so the Cubs are a weird one because you mentioned disappointments. It is a disappointment because of what they spend. But once again, did we plan on this team being competitive this year? I think this is this was a year before we thought they'd be competitive, right? Yep, I, I think that's 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 very fair. There wasn't enough pitching there within it. There, the, uh, the, Tex- the Texas Rangers, uh, the first year they spent mm-hmm. versus the second year. I think that's about where I'd put them. And they've actually like Steele's been good, Stroman's been great. Like they've had a couple of pitchers mm-hmm. really step up and pitch pretty well for them. But it's just not it's not a deep enough roster. It's not a deep enough starting rotation. It's It'll come, I think. This it's not there. Dansby Swanson got hurt right before the All Star break. That doesn't help. With I think it was his foot, heel, something like that. So we'll see them. You had the did you have the Padres well, in the section or no? Let me ask you this about the Cubs. It's an interesting sure. one within it because a lot of things have broken right. If you're looking for the fifty fifty gambles that went through, a lot of things have worked in their favor. The results haven't uh, don't reflect this, but they're forty two and forty seven. If they would be forty seven and forty two. What would your opinion be? Same team within it if they were forty-seven and forty-two. They would be. I think that's like above where I expected them to be, but they're probably above. Is yeah, where they're we'd probably rank them, right? up in the maybes. Then I probably move them ahead of like, you know, you mentioned the Mets. I have spoiler alert: the Mets are my bottom team in the next level. So I'd put the Cubs above them. Then I probably have them above Minnesota and that Seattle, Boston level. They're. Uh, Plus run differential is, is is in the positive. They're plus twenty six. They're actually the only one of the NL Central with a positive run differential. Their expected win loss record on the basis of their numbers is forty seven and forty two. It's good year. So so that becomes and as you debate the Cubs, the perfect midpoint. If you're looking for a team to me in the middle, that uh, if the bounces would have broke the way that the stats say they should have, uh, this is a winning record team. Uh, so. We'll see what that means in the, in the second half of the year. And then, so if you knew that, and, and GM knows that going in, this is what they say, the talent that you put together, what you've assembled, this is what the record should be. Will that change how you approach the trade deadline? If you were they the GM of the Cubs. They have questions. No, it wouldn't, because they have to make, their calls are, okay, what are we going to do with Marcus Stroman? Because he's going to opt out. Mm-hmm. Are, we, are we going to be able to assign him? And what are we going to do with Cody Bellinger, who, mm-hmm. since he's come back from his injury, is hitting like 300, but it's like, Last I checked, almost Luis Arias, who's very good, but suddenly the power's like gone, and we've seen Cody Bellinger struggle before with that. So they have some questions. I would still treat it like you're a year away. I think you you probably move those guys and see what you can get in return. But I'm not in charge of the team. So, but if you're wanting to, like, this is a part of a building process trending up. 
is Bellinger part of your uh, core with that? Is Stroman part of your core within that? Like, what are you what are you building with? Or are you wanting to uh, uh, instead reallocate that money in, in the free agent market? I'd be fine with Stroman as part of the core. I think Stroman is fine. I've been big on that. I don't. Th- he's miscast as an ace. He's been great this year. Don't get me wrong. He's a perfectly fine number three starter on a playoff team, right? Where you just say, oh, Marcus Stroman, go out there and give us six innings of two earned, and he can do it. And he doesn't rely on overpowering stuff. Nope. That's what makes it, like, if you're going to invest in something, as, as pitchers get older, you're worried what is their stuff going to look like? Is If he lost a mile or two on his fastball, he doesn't rely on that. Nope. I don't. Uh, as for Cody Bellinger, I don't trust high. it. I just don't trust it at sell all. Sell high. There's I, the injuries. Yep. There's just so many concerns with the strikeouts in the past flaring up. I would love to say that this is like the resurgence of Cordy Bellinger and he's got, he's still only 28. He's got five more great years ahead of him. I just, I don't think it's going to happen, which stinks because he was so good and we saw it. Let someone else take that gamble. Yep. Let us move to the next level, the maybes for me. You have them as the minor disappointments. Okay. So here is where I will talk about number 20 is the New York Mets. So hold on, before we go last, because now we each have the Mets and the Padres back to back, right? Yep. Okay, because those two you can almost make as their own separate tier as teams that really should be competing and really aren't. Because I'll, I'll give you a different one within it. This is why just throwing money at a problem <laughs> isn't necessarily... You still... It, you have to go back to the, the uh, some of the peak uh, Steinbrenner years. Since then, you can't buy championships. You can mm-hmm. buy a playoff team, mm-hmm. but <laughs> some are finding a way to struggle at that. Uh, but... Th- Throwing money at it does not replace good player development and player accumulation. Uh, and this is a classic example. They have just bought stars. It works in the NBA. Tell me what other league that it works in, honestly. It doesn't really in the NFL either. It's too hard to do in the salary cap era specifically within that. But it, it doesn't work in baseball either. So we're sitting here, midway point. Mets are 42-48. and 48. San Diego's 43-47. and 47. Which team has a better chance of making the playoffs? Because for either one of them missing it, it's a massive failure. Which one has a better chance of making the playoffs? That's an excellent question. I. So you're looking at who uh, who are you catching uh, within it? Because we're at uh, well, their Mets aren't catching the Braves. They, if they're they're already going for a wild card. Top six, top seven. Six. Uh, remind right? me for that. Oh, it's it's three and three, right? Three division winners and three wild card. I just want to make sure I'm not misremembering that. Uh, it is. Last year, it was a best of six. Okay, that's what that's what I thought uh, uh, for that. So you're looking at who are you catching at number six? So the the, the team, and, and we haven't gotten there yet, but who's the, the team with the, uh, uh, the, the top six if we were ending today? You have Atlanta, Cincinnati, Dodgers, Arizona, Miami, uh, and then either the uh, Giants or the the Brewers. They're the ones that at 49. Uh, Philly's knocking at the door one, half game behind that at 48. So this puts the Padres at five games back, and it puts the Mets at six games back. So we're in that spot within it. Who's going to catch either the... Philadelphia or going to catch the uh, the Giants. Now, it, it's different when it's, uh, everyone's playing the same amount of teams the same way, right? So uh, it's, it's not as much of the unbalance where it's a San Diego that would have better odds of more games against Colorado. the Giants. 
Yeah, Colorado uh, and the Giants. Uh, so I'll put it at the Padres because I'll look at the, again, going back to advanced numbers, they have a plus 39 to actually second best in the, the NL West. Their record, according to that, should be 49 and 41. But there is a worse clubhouse in San Diego than it is with the New York Mets. Yeah. I'm actually going to. So I, I've actually, by, by talking that through, I've changed my mind. That was enough for the clubhouse part cannot be shown in stats as far as how that's impacting things. Uh, Verlander and uh, Scherzer, if, as long as they don't trade, uh, can they go in a second half, do what they do with it, and help push that? Better odds Mets than Padres. And that's the thing. You can sit, we can sit and debate it. I can talk about the Padres and make a fine case for them too because – we say you you have to you can't buy it, but you do need to have some stars. And both these teams are just star laden. I mean, the Padres have three of four of the best players in all of baseball in their lineup, and they have three star pitchers. And Darvish, Musgrove, and Snell looks great, right? Like so, I can make cases for both of them. If I'm sitting here now, where you have them at twenty one and what is that right? Twenty one and twenty two, or twenty one and twenty. I'm not picking either of them to make the playoffs anymore. So we'll see. Hopefully, that one of them picks it up, but. Those two are kind of their own separate entity. After well, the Mets, yeah, if neither is the option, that's the that's yeah, the right. where sure money is at this point uh, within it because they just can't get out of their own way. That's that's been the case for a few years here. So at number nineteen, so right ahead of the Mets in the maybe tier, I have Minnesota, which is it playing in the AL Central. At eighteen, I have Seattle, who I had higher hopes for, and they have not played particularly well. 17, I have Boston, who has played very well, but plays in the American League East. And 16, I have Cleveland. So this is an all-AL team after the Mets there for me. Uh, let's see. So which team am I? So right around 20. What do you have at 20? So I'm trying to see which team I have not in here. So I got Padres here uh, where we okay, had so we flipped up. Yep. Uh, then I had uh, Minnesota. Yep. Uh, I think the team that I have in this category, the Angels. Okay. Uh, and then I, then uh, at the top of it, there's so uh, Cleveland and Seattle, and there with I don't have Boston. So you in don't here have yet. Boston. So that's the difference right now is you don't have Boston, and I have, and you have the Angels. So yeah, let's these talk. These are the maybes, right? These are the maybes for me. So let's talk Minnesota and Cleveland. We'll do the American League Central team teams we each have here. Those are the teams that are leading the AL Central, which isn't saying a whole lot. Both of those teams are struggling to hit 500, I believe. The Guardians, yes, the Guardians are dead on 500, and Minnesota's a half game back. Where are we feeling about this? We've both picked the Guardians. We both liked the Guardians. We both stuck with the Guardians, even when they were falling further behind. They've climbed to the top. Still not looking great. The offense has been better because it was abysmal for big chunks of the year, and it has been better the past month, I would say. Jose Ramirez has not been Jose Ramirez. He's been good, good. just not great. <laughs> uh, and you're, you're used to great. Uh, and they've... They've had guys show flash like they're perfect in the maybes because Bo Naylor has shown some flashes. Josh Naylor has shown flashes. Yeah. Uh, it's just not enough consistency to, to pull anything together. The pitching, despite injuries and things together, they're uh, uh, they're uh, looking solid uh, uh, in that category. They are the second best, mm-hmm. though. Again, Minnesota's been first above them, but now there's talk that uh, depending on which they. Uh, uh, which way they go, does Minnesota add or do they trade Sonny Gray? Uh, so that becomes a question. Uh, uh, Indians, uh, this is the one where they could trade Shane Bieber, and it doesn't. it does not make me think uh, anything 
it will not change how I look at them the rest of the year within it. So here's where here's where we're at with Cleveland. I will tell you right now, they are dead last in baseball and home runs behind Kansas City, the Nationals, Colorado, any team you want. How many home runs have they hit in 90 games? Oh. And you're, you would love to. How many are the Rays that I'm just curious to see, like for the team at the top, the Rays. Been, Tampa Bay is 137. Atlanta is at the top now because they set records for their home runs with 169, followed by the Dodgers with 149, Tampa Bay 137. That's And then it starts pretty, pretty leveled up. So where are we at on the bottom? 80? 80 would be third worst. So the Nationals have 78. Kansas City has 78. Cleveland has 60. It's not even particularly close how far no. behind they are. Wow. They're just not. And we've said, we, we like some of what they're doing, but Stephen Kwan doesn't, doesn't hit home runs. Fine. He also can't hit. He's hitting 236. He can't do that. Like, you can't do what he does and not get on base at a high clip. And because, you know, oh, sorry, that, that was Miles Straw. Stephen Kwan's at 263, which is still, that's too low for what you want out of him. They yep, just have, yep. they have two players with double-digit home runs. You said Jose Ramirez. He's going to get walked all the day. He has 14 home runs. I He has a 364 on base percentage because, you're not going to pitch it. You're not throwing him anything, right? Who's throwing anything to that? Why would you? Josh Naylor has 11, and then it drops down. Okay, Josh Bell has nine. So that right there, that is 34. That's over half your team is on three players. It's just, they're just so offensively challenged with the way that it's currently built, and maybe it can change. You mentioned Bo Naylor, some of those things. But right now, it's hard to see them, as good as their pitching is, you do have to score a few runs. And it's it's not coming. What about- well, gets frustrating is the, like, the this is the same problem we said about Cleveland for like the, since we've been doing the podcast. At some point, you have to fix the problem. Hmm? Uh, and uh, what to me, what they've done is just rely on being in a, in a mediocre division and still being able to compete and make and try to make the playoffs that way. Uh, disappointing in, in that regard. I will say now, I feel I feel better that the Twins can pass them now than I have at any point because I the Twins agree. have gotten. The Twins thing has always been they don't have the pitching, right? They have the hitting. Pablo Lopez, pretty good. Joe Ryan, pretty Maeda good. coming back has been good. Kenta Maeda, pretty good, right? Bailey Ober's been good at times. Sonny Gray, that's five. It's good enough. They've looked as good as they have in a while. They are just a very thin roster that involves some players staying healthy, which they've struggled to do. But let's go to the – you mentioned Boston's in this level for you? Or no, Boston's not. You had Seattle in this level too, Correct. Correct. What do we think of Seattle? Seattle made the playoffs last year. Now Seattle sits here at the midway point of the season, and they are, are they below 500? I believe they are. One game above. One game above 500. What do we think? Seven and three in their last 10. Mm -hmm. Uh, So as far as closing things out, uh, only Boston uh, has closed out on a a better hot streak uh, within it. And that's, you need to see some trend, some moving in that direction. Are we thinking the same thing of this team by the time we get to the end of the year? Maybe the second half is what, propels them to be more of aligned with what we anticipated that with their uh, plus 36 uh, in the run differential, the record should be 48 and 41 according to that. So if they were sitting here 48 and 41 instead of 45 and 44, we'd feel a little bit better about that. I love their pitching. I still love all the things that they do with their pitching. No Robbie Ray. It really hasn't mattered. Ryan Wu's been great. Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, Luis Castillo, that's as good of a top three as anybody in baseball. We'll see what Bryce Miller's doing. So I still think this is the type of team, we've said it before, to, have, to run off a large win streak, you need to have good pitchings. And this is the type of team where if you told me they won, you said they're 7-3. If you told me they won eight in a row at some point and made some ground up, I think that's possible. I can see Seattle moving up a tier or two uh, in the next couple months here. 
Let's. How would you evaluate Julio Rodriguez's first half so far? Uh, uh, Did we get caught into human. the? Yeah, and you expected him superhuman, right? Yeah. Uh, he, and it's not that he won't get there. It's just people I don't think are are patient enough with uh, reaching ceiling. Versus realizing how old is he now? He is now 22 years old. That means that yeah. he should very easily... Most players at 22, are he'd be young for double-A, right? Or he'd be at pace at double-A. He has 13 home runs, 49 RBIs. He stole 22 bases. Yes, he's hitting 250. Like, that means that he... The might, OBP is more more of a thing than yeah. the average to me. Yeah, and he's not he's not walking a whole lot. It's It's been a disappointing sophomore year, absolutely, compared to what we saw last year. But when a disappointing year for a 22-year-old involves is 20 this, homers, 40 steals, yeah. like... Julio Rodriguez is still going to be a star in this game. I'm not overly concerned in the long haul. I still think that he's as likely as anybody to have a 40 homer, 40 steal season, maybe not counting Ronald Acuna. Like, and you said it right. The reason why it's disappointing is it's human. Yeah. That, that, that's that's a, an unjust charge, uh, but with what he showed uh, last year within it and what you know he's capable of, uh, you you become a... Uh, uh, your, your ceiling is what becomes, or your potential is what becomes your... Uh, uh, your guilt uh, or your uh, judgment taken on you, even though it's been a good year. There's nothing wrong about this year. You just know he's capable of so much more. Let's move to the next tier. The I have them going, can go one way or another, because this is it. If these guys make a move, I could see them being up in the contention. I could also see these teams trading away their, excuse me, trading away their players and saying, we're going to try to rebuild. So at 15, I have the New York Yankees and their, Aaron Judge's offense right now at 15, meaning dead in the middle. The 14, I have the Milwaukee Brewers with their pitching and their punchless offense as well. 13, I have the Giants, who are very hard for me to figure out what's going on with. I get ready to write them off. They win a few games, and they go on a cold streak again. I struggle with the Giants. I've struggled with the Giants for years. 12 is where I have the Angels. You had the Angels a little lower. I have the Angels up at 12. I did admittedly do this before. I knew that Mike Trout was out for eight weeks. And at 11, I have Philadelphia, and we've put them in this spot before. We know that they can absolutely go on a tear, and they could make me look silly for having this low. That is my middle five teams. Yeah, the as I was hearing the names of maybes, my anything can happen. Uh, that, that's a, yeah, this is a, another, same thing. Happen, yeah. uh, it, it very much goes with that. the The only reason for me with, with Angels is more of, of recency bias. Of uh, looking at their their one and, and nine in their last ten, they've lost five, skidding into it. Uh, games where, again, Shohei looks absolutely amazing, best player in in baseball, and it's not close, uh, and best in a generation. Uh, and despite that, and despite up to this point, Trout being healthy until the last thing, you have two of the, of the uh, top ten best players in, in baseball, and, and you're still uh, struggling, or, or the skid now is, is there. They're 45 and 46. Like, I get it. They're not going to do it. They should trade Shohei, but they're not going to do it. They don't want that on their marker. The owner doesn't want that as his uh, uh, part of his legacy within it. Uh, who wants to be the the next uh, Boston Red Sox to uh, uh, sell away uh, Babe Ruth, right? So you get it. They're not going to do it, even though it's a smart decision uh, at this point. Because uh, uh, you, you should sit down with them tomorrow and say, what's the number that makes you stay? Give me the number. And then and then do it. Don't care what the number, whatever that number is, just say yes. And I don't know. And here's the thing: I don't want to. I think that he he has not hired Scott Boris, who would absolutely pull out every dime that he could get. Yet he is, I forget who represents him. I truly think he wants to be on a winner. 
And yes. it's not going to, and that's what he's going to tell these people. And it's not happening in Anaheim. I, I agree. I, I think thousand percent. I I truly think he he's a type of guy from everything you can see that he just wants to win baseball games, and that's it's going to be more likely to happen in the other side of Los Angeles, right? Or, that's just it. He won't have to move far, and he'll still get <laughs> top dollar from that yeah. organization. With them. they have, it, it's it's no uh, uh, baseball's worst kept secret. They have unloaded money, or they didn't resign other players long term. This is what they wanted money cleared for. Can't blame them, uh, and and, uh, and especially after what they've seen this year, how would you not? Uh, so ten years, six hundred million dollar contract. That's what we're at right now. And my point was, if he's not, if he says, "I want to go to a winner," I'm not staying here. You are doing your franchise a disservice. Do you know? Uh, Aroldis Chapman got the like what top, yeah. uh, top five overall pick uh, or overall uh, prospect. ranked prospect yeah. in, in all of baseball for a half season. Oh, when he was traded from the Cubs, you're moving back yes. to that one. Yes, the Glaber Torres trade. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And that was a relief pitcher, mm-hmm. most dominant at the time. Yeah. What could they get for half a season of Shohei? And how would that overall help you? If, if you were willing to spend $500 bucks on Shohei, or whatever the case may be, invest that in something else a little more strategic uh, in the offseason and take the talent here. This team could still be up if they... You could still be a playoff contender next year without Shohei by getting the, by reinvest, being smart about this, and you can do this. Instead, they won't piss away yeah. half season, watch him there, enjoy the baseball, enjoy his time in a uniform. But you are it's such a missed opportunity to improve your team, which is what the whole goal is supposed to be. Except, once again, you're showing you don't know how to do that. And how they will handle Shohei is just a microcosm of what the challenge has been. So, that's why I had them ranked a little bit below of where they are here. Boston is the team that I switched with the two, and and the AL East is uh is absolutely fascinating from the top five, and we'll cover more of them as we go here within it. But all five uh, would be the winning the AL Central, uh, just crazy with within it, and they've cobbled it together better than anticipated. Uh, more people were calling for a GM's head. Uh, within this, and James Paxton coming back to life in like the third or fourth resuscitation, right? James uh, Paxton and Chris Sale before he got hurt again, being back and eating innings, and now I know Shale's got shoulder inflammation, but Brian Bayo took a step up. Brian Bayo's looked really good. Like, I did not expect that. And, you know, I've said, we never doubt the offense, right? You don't doubt the offense. The offense is still fantastic. It always will be, but... I didn't expect James Paxton. I didn't see Chris. Now Chris Sale's hurt again. Garrett Whitlock's hurt. Corey Kluber's hurt. Tanner Houck's hurt. Like, at some point, I still think the team finishes below 500. But I'm not going to knock them. They've played above their heads, and good for them. I don't. I don't know if they're. I don't see them going out and making a bunch of trades for pitchers because I don't think they're still a team that's going to contend to win this year. But yeah, good good effort by the Red Sox. Yeah, they've. Uh... What was the team? What's the uh, the Baltimore of this year uh, from like from last year's like the the what's the twenty twenty two a Baltimore or Seattle with it? Boston has just been the scrappy group that is. Boston's like the Giants from a few years ago. Yes, that's that's the better one. I didn't expect it, and it was a bunch of veterans, and you're like, this is this is really good. Like that's that's the team that they remind me of is is where the Giants were a few years ago. And do you have the Yankees in the section? We talk yep. about them. So the I have Yankees. the Yankees in the section. The Yankees we've talked about them a bunch. The offense is. Punchless without Aaron Judge. I know Stanton had a couple home runs, so maybe he's getting healthy. Volpe's looked a little better the last month. 
it's just not inspiring. It's not a it's not a playoff caliber offense. I don't really care that Domingo Herman. I mean, I do. It's great for him. Great pitching a perfect game, but it's still Garrett Cole and everybody else. Now Rodon is back. He pitched. That was amazing because I sort of was worried that he wasn't going to. So here's how they make a run. Carlos Rodon's healthy. Aaron Judge comes back, which the timeline is not clear and it doesn't sound great. But you get Garrett Cole, you get Carlos Rodon. They figure out what's wrong with Luis Severino because he's been awful, horrendously bad. And you get Norrester Cortez back. It's not bad. It's a good rotation. But it's a lot of ifs and buts and a lot of players that are not in the primes of their career who are a little older and have always had injury issues. So I'm not picking the – we haven't picked the Yankees to make the playoffs all year on this podcast, either one of us. And they hang around and they hang around and maybe it happens. But I just it doesn't inspire a lot of confidence in this team. I would agree this is a uh, – to me, this is this is the definition of a, a 500-resulted team because of the for any strength you can give, you can give another wart on, on the other side. Uh, and I think that's where they end up within it. I don't like the health of Aaron Judge, and, and the information that's, that's out there does not look promising, uh, and that offense cannot click without him. Uh, and then you have a lot of ifs uh, with uh, – uh, if everyone was healthy on the, uh, the pitching side – yeah, they have a solid rotation. The ifs never all click in the right direction at the at the same time. Uh, and so it's one step forward, two steps back, or two steps forward, two steps back, and just staying in the same spot. I think that's where they where they end up. I don't see them moving up a, uh, a tier uh, by the end of the season. Let's talk about the Brewers since we're in this section, and this is where we're from. You have the Brewers in this section? I do. Okay. It's the offense. We've said that many times. The offense is... It's not been good enough. I just pulled up, you know, I like weighted runs created plus. Fangraphs has them. The Brewers have an 89. League average is 100, meaning there's teams that are at 100, and, and then there's teams above 100, 15 and above 100, and 15 below 100. The Brewers are 25th. The only teams worse than them on offense, according to that stat, are Colorado, who we have in the bottom, Kansas City, who we have in the bottom, Detroit, who we have in the bottom, Oakland, who we have in the bottom, and the White Sox, who are slightly above the bottom. It's been miserable. Yeah, that's not good. No. no. <laughs> that is a uh, not the teams you want to be associated with if you are saying, hey, we're contending. Uh, and I, I, I mentioned the, the, the Yankees being a team that's stuck uh, where they are uh, uh, due to health, uh, and I don't see them rising a tier. With current construction, Brewers won't either. Uh, and they're truly at the middle ground of, do we add or do we subtract? Uh, you have teams that like go out and trade for someone, or do we do we do we trade for offense, or do we trade away Willie Adamas? Uh, do we uh, trade Corbin Burns uh, with it? Do we pick up? Uh, do we pick up a bullpen arm uh, within it? The there's so many questions, and to me, the biggest concern has been for someone who is not a Brewers fan, but has lived in Brewer area and watched this within it and been rooting for them in the process. Uh, their ownership has stopped being aggressive about five, six years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the overall concern. And that's when all of a sudden things stop. Like he reached his max of what he's going to invest in the team. Uh, and all they've ever done is improve around the margins. They got creative to get William Contreras uh, in the offseason. I, I liked that move uh, within it. But it feels as if, all right, this is the roster we have and we're not going to do anything else. Uh, to do that, I, Willie Adamas trade liked it at the time for both teams uh, within it, but 
That was good. The Contreras trade was good. If they don't get it by trade, they won't spend any money other than what's here. And it's it's frustrating for for a, a fan uh, because you're you're the uh, if someone would take their finger and flick you in the nose once within it, it'd be annoying. But you'd get over it. You'd want it to stop. But the Brewers is like every game. It's the doink 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 doink. That what it, that's what it is to be a Milwaukee Brewers fan this year. It's irritating. Absolutely. It's irritating as a Brewers fan. Yeah, it's because, you know, the, the division's there for taking. We haven't talked about the Reds yet. That's the team that hasn't come up yet. We'll talk about them shortly here. But the, the division is there. And, you know, blame it on health, whatever. Corbin Burns or Garrett Mitchell got hurt and Random Woodruff pitched twice. Like, that That happens, though. Like, you, you plan around it. You get depth and you build around it. Could they make – you said they, they can go two ways, right? They, they could absolutely move Corbin Burns. They could move Willie Adamas. We could see that happen. I'm not – they could move Devin Williams. I'm not saying I'm predicting any of that. They could do that. They could just as easily go out and I mentioned Jammer Candelario. Could he be playing third base for the Brewers come August 5th? Yep, I, I think that's possible too. So, so that's why there's teams. That's why this team's ranked in the middle because it can a move or two here and they improve the offense. Brandon Woodruff comes back. Can the team win some games here and win the National League Central? Sure. And that would be the uh, the the argument. The, the other side is like, well, you know, like again th- that they're. 49 and 42, despite having almost worst-case scenario of injuries for the team. If you thought beginning of the year, if this was here, if if you said that uh, all of a sudden Corbin Burns, uh, ineffective, wild, uh, struggling to find the plate, Woodruff would be gone for most of the first half of the year within it, uh, and the offense didn't take a step forward. If I told you those three things, what record would you expect the, the Brewers to have at the 500. All-Star break? You'd be yeah. under 500. So and still yeah. you're seven games above. Uh, so now if Woodruff does come back within it, uh, there's a, and you can solidify uh, the uh, the rotation. Add just even just one bat, even just adding one. You're you're one game back in, in the central, so it, it's easy to go doom and gloom uh, to this because this isn't the team that that is it hasn't met expectations. But you're right there. Go for it. Uh, mm-hmm. That's more than like, and I understand some fans' frustration. Why are we talking about trading away players when we're one game back of, of the division? Extremely fair, uh, and, and hopefully that's the direction they go. What I I want to see an ownership that gives uh, the G uh, its front office the chance to go after it. Go and get uh, it. And so hopefully we see that. Hopefully uh, someone like Candelaria is uh, wearing a Brewers uniform in the next couple of weeks. Do you have any takes on the Giants? I said I can't. I have no. I cannot predict the Giants. I get ready to write them off. They win ten in a row. I start to think, okay, maybe this is hot. They lose five, six games in a row. The Giants are one of the most difficult teams for me to predict, to analyze what they're doing. They feel like they are a mid-pack team or even below average. And like if you told me the Giants were 43 and 47, what the Padres are doing, I'd say that makes sense. But every year they play 10 games better than they should be. And I, when no that one, happens consistently, it's usually because they have good managers. No one squeezes more out of the talent they have than what the Giants do year in, year out. Yep. Because uh, even the the parts will change and they get the same results, mm-hmm. uh, and, and so it's fun fun to watch that way. I, a team that I'm rooting for, because oh, uh, they they they're not the Padres, they're not the Dodgers, they're not spending huge amounts of money, and they compete and, with them. And yet the, they're the team that tries the hardest. They tried giving away three hundred million dollars plus, and, and people wouldn't take it. Uh, with an, and it, for their credit, it's better that they didn't. <laughs> for everybody, it's better that they didn't. Uh, and. I liked the additions they were able to do. Simple, like they have uh, not not in the same tier they were playing with, but Jock Peterson mm-hmm. uh, keeping him there within it. Uh, 
uh, Michael Conforto has been. Conforto's been uh, good. Be, well, again, healthy. He's he's been the exact same guy he was before the injury issues. Uh, there's it's not enough. That's the point. That in going back to enough years within it, Giants been above their head, but not enough. That's been the microcosm of them. This would be a fun team for Otani. We never talk about him. Like they don't have the. I know they, they don't, don't have, have the pull. The, at least as far they don't have the the the, the prospects to trade for him now. Yeah. But in the off season, they will offer him money. Uh, the entire West fun. Coast. I mean, everyone. But the, the entire West Coast because it feels as if he's going to stay there. Dodgers uh, there. Uh, Padres are uh, and, and talk within it. Uh, Dark Horse Seattle. Seattle's always Seattle has money. Because they have, yeah, they have money, yes. and they already have the the pull from Ichiro mm-hmm. within it, from sure. what's been there, the uh, in, in that regard. Yeah. And I guarantee you, Ichiro will call on behalf of oh, Seattle. Yeah. Uh, so you have that uh, that have a more gravitational pull enough to be at least in the final part. And then the Giants have the money, so it'd be fun. I think all those teams would be kind yeah. of fun for him uh, within it. So it'd be fun to see where all that uh, shakes out within it. But yeah, that the, the Giants site. If they had a better farm system, you could see them adding, but this is the problem. They don't have the farm. They need to build it more than to try to trade away from it at the same time. So I think they kind of get themselves stuck. They're going to be a uh, a winning record, but not a playoff team. Do you have the Phillies in this section at all? Or do you have the Phillies higher? Okay. We're, I mean, we've talked about the Phillies a lot. This is They're starting to play a little better. Trey Turner's coming out of the slumps a little bit. Schwarber's doing his thing, hitting home runs and walking all the time. Let's talk Bryce Harper because Bryce Harper is the power going to come because if, if Bryce Harper suddenly hits 15 home runs in the second half, which he can do in his sleep, that's how this team pushes, you know, they're at 48 wins. They can still push 95 wins if he does that. This is the team that's in the, in this tier that I had within it. The the team that could, the uh, only team that could rise two tiers in the second mm-hmm. half because this team being in the first tier by the end of the season, 100%. Yep. Uh, and th- they have that star power and ability. And it this, doesn't take them going out and making a trade. Like it no. just takes them playing up to what they can do. Yeah, the talent's already there. Yes. Now, are, is this also a team that's aggressive and trying to to make things happen? Still, a- absolutely. Do I expect them to make some sort of addition? Absolutely. And the team that it could be anywhere. It could be bullpen. It could be uh, rotation, offense. Like there's, you could see all, all sorts of different things uh, within it. But Harper, I don't know if the power comes. This year, I think it might be needing a full off season within it uh, to get that there. But you still have above average batting eye, uh, still stealing some bases. If you can make some more doubles within it, at least a little bit more of uh, of that type of uh, gap power, that would be just fine uh, uh, within it. I I think this is the team. If I'm betting on a team that's going to move up uh, a rung, uh, a tier uh, within it, this would be the team I'd put it to. I agree. Let us move to the second highest tier. So here's where we tip my. Here are our top 10. I call this tier close to contention. Number 10, I have Toronto. They have seemingly lived in this tier for the last three, four years. Never quite getting the tier that I think they should be in, but seemingly living towards the top. Number nine, I have Cincinnati. This is a very high move for Cincinnati. I feel like they have probably not been in this tier in a long time, but I have Cincinnati here, and it is, I think I saw, since they've called up L.A. De La Cruz, they've now lost six times. The Brewers did beat them two of three, so good for the Brewers but I believe they have now lost six times in over a month since they called up L.A. De La Cruz. Eight is Miami, another team who I was probably a year early on. I actually predicted Miami to make the playoffs last year, and it didn't happen. But this year, this is the play that they do it. Houston is the defending World Series champion. I have them at seven. And Arizona, this one was tough. I have Arizona at six. 
uh, who was the team before Arizona? Houston. So we have the same five. Uh, just two teams flipped. Okay. Uh, so I, I have uh, an agreement with Toronto, and then it's the Miami Cincy flipped. Uh, I have uh, Cincy one above Miami, uh, and then I have Houston one above Arizona. So same five teams, just a little different order. That's yep. Toronto. Anything new to say about Toronto? They are doing their thing where they're winning games, but it's not. It's just it never quite seems to click all the way. Fifty and forty-one. You're nine games above five hundred. Like it is a very good team, but is a team that yet again finds themselves in third. Now the team that used to be ahead of them was the Yankees. Now it's Baltimore and Tampa Bay. As Tampa Bay seems to finish towards the top always, but Baltimore seems to have passed. Now it's close. They're not done by any stretch of the imagination. How does Toronto make up ground? I'm biased not because of the the team that on paper should be better for like three years running uh, within that we've said, every but time. but I'm biased because uh, every time I have one of their top two pitchers uh, for that, their offense sucks, uh, and I get <laughs> losses out of Kevin Gossman and Chris Bassett when they pitch near shutouts. I'll get a loss out of one nothing game because that offense that should be so good can't. Bother to That's get a the team that got run. no hit by like, the Tigers. I, I do not understand the, the inconsistency of this offense. They'll rattle off games with 14 runs and then get shut out. Uh, uh, it makes no sense. And it's the maddening inconsistency of this team for three years running that no matter who you put on, put on that team, they'll find a way to... The, the end of your results will still look good in fantasy and they'll still miss the playoffs. No reason to predict otherwise at this point. They cannot, despite uh, making additions and having things in the last three years, I don't get it, uh, and obviously they don't because they haven't been able to fix this uh, this mix for three years. I would say I agree with everything you said. The, their thing is going to be, uh, I, we talked about it before we started, does Alec Manoa pitch like Alec Manoa in the second half? That's a big part of it. That would help. We saw one good start. That would. I'm not saying it's fixed. I'm not saying he's fixed at all, but one good start is a starting point. He would absolutely be a big hard starting point to it. The offense, you can't, like you said, it's inconsistent. When it's rolling, it, it rolls. I think Bo Bichette leads the American League in hitting, and Vlad Jr.'s great. Obviously, Matt Chapman's been fine. Varsho, Merrifield, like, you can just name them. But it never seems to click. So we'll see if they can get it going in the second Get Gaussman some runs. That's all I can <laughs> say. It. Get Gaussman some runs. Talk Cincinnati. It's a whole different type of talk here. So the Reds, this is the team that's probably pushed the timeline like Baltimore did last year. We did not expect Cincinnati to be this good this fast, but 50 and 41, a game ahead of the Brewers. I We've been talking. I mean, there's so much young talent. There's more coming. Christian Encarnacion Strand is still not here, but L.A. De La Cruz, Matt McClain, Spencer Steer, and then we, we've Andrew Abbott as a pitcher. Alexis Diaz is probably now the best closer in the game, unless I'm forgetting. Maybe right up there with Class A, he's absolutely in that tier with his brother now. It's so young. It's so talented. Did you did you happen to see the L.A. De La Cruz three steals against the Brewers? Did you happen to see that at all? I thought there was one game. Was it him or was it someone stole second, third, and home? It was him. That was that? So, okay. so he stole second on one pitch. Then the next pitch he stole third. And then the catcher threw the ball, Contreras threw the ball back to the relief pitcher, who was, like, shaking his head, walking to second, and Elliot screw it, I'm just going to take off, and he just <laughs> absolutely stole home on him. I mean, just something that – so he's an unbelievable athlete, right? Freak athlete. But he's also really smart. Like, nobody else, tr- like, pays that much attention. He, he is incredible talent, and he's going to be there for dec- – he's 21. Like, we talk about Julio Rodriguez at 22. This is, this is the next one, and they're going to be good for a long time. If we sit here right now, it's a one-game difference. We both have them ahead of the Brewers. We think that they hold the Brewers off. 
if they add one more pitcher. This is a team that needs one more. Uh, this is a team that I'd want to see aggressive uh, with. Now, I could see this team being aggressive in the offseason and trading one of these younger hitters uh, for, a, for a pitcher within it. Uh, and there's already people that have been rumors of, like, of, uh, uh, of Christian and Carson Strand trade him for a more of a, and there's a, more. a front-line pitcher within it. So, you know, I think there's... There's that type of possibility, but that move usually happens in the offseason, not now. But I, this is a team. Can you go get uh, uh, Lucas Giolito? Uh, get a rental. Uh, Jordan Montgomery. Well, you're not going to do it in, in division, but the that type of a pitcher. Go Even uh, Lance Lynn. Sure. Uh, a veteran to stabilize the rotation at the same time may not be what he has been. Uh, if they do that, this team wins the division. If they don't... Uh, they have enough hitting, but not enough pitching. A lot. I would agree that they need more pitching. Some of it can come. Uh, Hunter Green's got a hip. Lodolo has a broken leg, I think, something like that. If they get those two back, that helps. I'm still not sure it's enough because, like, I don't know how many innings they're going to give Andrew Abbott. Maybe they just let him go, but he made the jump from double A to the big leagues, and he's been great. But that's a big ask. I agree. If, if everything comes together and, like, Brandon Woodruff's healthy – it's hard for them to hold off the Brewers because at some point, Agreed. as great as L.A. De La Cruz and all these players, Matt McClain are, it will slow. Like L.A. De La Cruz is not going to be a three. I think he's hitting over 300. He still strikes out too much. He is, we've both said he's O'Neill Cruz, right? O'Neill Cruz is great. He also hits like 250. I think L.A. De La Cruz probably settles in. He's even probably a little more athletic than that. He probably settles in like 270, 280 range, which is fantastic. He'll probably hit 40 home runs, still 35 bases plus. I just don't – it'll be hard for them to hold the Brewers off if if the Brewers get healthy. And for now, though, they're there. Oh. I, I think the uh, good pitching always trumps good hitting. That's why uh, I have the Miami Marlins ahead of the Cincinnati Reds because the Miami go. Marlins have good pitching. And we've said it for years. The Miami Marlins have great pitching. And it's all sort of worked out this year. So Alcantara has been better the last few and that is their defending Cy Young Award winner, and he has not actually pitched very well. But Braxton Garrett has been great. Jesus Cesardo looks like an ace. Yuri Perez, who they sent to double-A, I don't really care. They, if the double-A pitcher, as long as the double-A guys are like, here's your two innings for the next month, and then at the end of August, you're right back up there, which I think is what they're going to do, that's fine. Yuri Perez looks like an absolute stud, and the team doesn't have Jazz Chisholm yet. Hopefully the oblique is healed and he's back sometime in August. Trevor Rogers, I don't know what the injuries on him. Edward Cabrera is supposed to be back soon. Like, they have so much pitching. It's just so we've talked about it for years, right? It's so deep, and they've gotten enough offense. It's not great, but enough to support their pitching. This is the team where you'd love to see Candelario uh, be oh, added, hundred uh, percent. And so, if they can find a way, and again, they their their pitching goes down so many rungs, like like a. Uh, what they can get for like a Braxton Garrett, who's not going to be in your top five within it. And Ellers would love to have that type of pitching. <laughs> Cincinnati would love to have that addition to that. There you go. Uh, Christian Encarnacion strand for Braxton Garrett. Yeah, there's uh, deals that that uh, would be interesting to see. This is and, the team that traded Zach Allen for Jazz Chisholm. It's not like they haven't done it before. They traded a top prospect for another top prospect. That's that's what this team needs. Like the. It, it is getting to the point of being almost criminal for this good of, of uh, pitching uh, to be wasted. And you're seeing results right now, but the uh, the under-the-hood stuff doesn't support uh, this level. 
uh, not without some offensive upgrades. But the good news is, we've talked about this with other teams before, because there is such a need everywhere, almost any bat available, you can find a spot for. So it means your your options at the trade deadline, uh, if you can't nail uh, one trade with it, you can get someone else, it's going to be an upgrade. Uh, so you have so many opportunities within it. Uh, right now, it's just great to see... Uh, uh, Jorge Soler back at the home run champ level that he was a few years ago. Uh, 23 home runs at the All-Star break. Uh, and batting like 250 within it. So it isn't like he's doing a Joey Gallo thing uh, within it. So uh, you want to see more of it. You want to see the excitement of Luis uh, 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 continuing to flirt with, with uh, uh, 400. Uh, within, he, obviously, he's not quite as close, but he's still like 383, 383 I think, is where he's at. What a, what a, what a disappointment. Only right? 383. <laughs> So it, it would, you just want to see more of that uh, within it. This is a, this is one of the teams like Cincinnati. I'm rooting for both of them to make it an ad. Let's see some excitement uh, in the second half of the year. I think this is the team I'm pulling for the most. You mentioned some great names. I just want to throw AJ Puck in there, who is now flamed out as a starter and settle into one of the best handful of closers in the game. Abs- just rears back and throws it. Good for him. Congratulations once again to the Oakland Athletics for contributing <laughs> to the playoffs for everyone else. Yeah, so you can now add AJ Puck to that Lizardo. and Jesus Lizardo. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, so. so more dumps that they make. Of, think of, again, how good Oakland would be if they actually kept the talent they had. Man. Good for Miami, bad for Oakland. Houston defending World Series champions. They just do what they do. They win a lot of games. I'm sure they'll make the playoffs, and when they get to the playoffs – they're as dangerous as anybody because we've seen them win it. They they know how to win when it gets there. There's something to be said for that. They have a Hall of Fame manager that's a big part of it. Altuve's been hurt. You get Altuve healthy. You get – their thing is that they've had so many pitcher injuries, but, like, Altuve will be healthy. Jordan Alvarez will be healthy, and the offense will start rolling. And then if they just get enough pitching, which they seem to find a way to usually do that, this team can be very dangerous. Yeah, tell me what team, uh, if you could add – uh, at the trade deadline, someone who's at uh, 277 average, 388 on base percentage, uh, 589 slug, 977 OPS uh, with it. And that's what you added at the deadline. Best Jordan GM Alvarez. of the year, that right? Jordan that's Jordan Alvarez. Yeah. Uh, so uh, when that's coming back into the lineup, uh, and Kyle Tucker struggled the first, like maybe 30 to 45 games of the, the season, and then he's been back to his normal self within and seeing him continuing to uh, to rise up. This is it proven. That's that's what you'd say about this team, proven. Uh, and they'll uh, they'll make their way to the playoffs. And I don't know anyone team that would want to face them. Uh, th- this isn't the team. It doesn't feel that, like the team that we've seen from them in the last number of years. They've dealt with more pitching injuries that is that has impacted that too. Uh, but all none of that matters when you get into the the postseason. And this like, even the year that they uh, the Rays went in twenty twenty with a shortened season. Yep. Uh, the it was the Astros that all of a sudden solid during the year, but nothing flashed. And then, then playoffs hit, and they were within one game uh, of making it to the the World Series. Like they they know how to play in October, uh, and no one's going to want to face them, regardless of what the regular season record is. So they'll, they'll I would be I'd be shocked if they didn't finish in the second tier of things within it. But it's the team. Uh, even uh, I would rather face some of the teams in the first tier before I'd want to face Houston in the playoffs. When you know how to win, you know how to win. This is a team here, though, the team that I have in six that does not know how to win as far as playoffs because it's been a long time for the Diamondbacks. Great on the Diamondbacks at the midway point of the season here. They are at 52-39, and 39, which is a dead tie with the Dodgers. Uh, another team ahead of schedule. Do not expect this. 
Corbin Carroll looks like a star. He's going to win Rookie of the Year 100% of the time, and he might make a run at MVP award this year. He probably won't catch Rakunia, but that's no slight on him. My only concern – here's the concerns with this team, and there's, there's big ones because it is Zach Allen, and it is Zach Davies, Tommy Henry, and Ryan Nelson. That's not good enough to play a playoff team. From one Zach to the other Zach, that just makes you like, oof. It drops so far, and the bullpen is not good. Like, the bullpen is – it's just not as good. So, good on them for winning. Eventually, you know, Merrill Kelly will come back. He's got a calf. He's fine. But I don't – I've been impressed with the way they played. I don't want to take anything away from the Diamondbacks. Uh, 100% they're playing over their head. 100% they're playing way over their head at this point. It's a good team. This is the team that's probably a year or two away yet to really contending. And then when that happens, they can be the Baltimore Orioles. But right now, in the second half, is it more likely the Diamondbacks finish ahead of the Dodgers or behind the Giants? Because I'll take the Giants to be past them more so than they beat the Dodgers. I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, just because you don't have the pitching in the second half to, uh, to anyone can get hot for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that can go for a full season, but it's it's more rare. Uh, but the, the second half poses more of a challenge for this team, uh, because you have to at least have one. If you don't have starting pitching, then you need to have a good bullpen. You can't survive at the top of a division with with only without either one with at least one of those. And if you have neither, you're not not in the spot to be. So good for them. Great, great starts to the season. Cattell Marte's looked fantastic. Bounce back there. Corbin Carroll's fantastic. Just nice to see Zach Gallen healthy, fully it's healthy. It's good to see Zach Gallen pitching well, but I just think they're playing above themselves. But we still have them at six. So we get to the top five front runners. We have to have the same five teams. So we'll just go one at a time here. At five, I have Baltimore. I have them at. Let me just make sure as I did that right. Four. Four. Okay, let's talk Baltimore. So Baltimore, I believe by record, is second in all of baseball. Uh, third in all of baseball, I think. I'm not sure on that. But I know they're second in the American League East. They are only behind your Tampa Bay Rays. It's been really good. 54 and 35. It's been very impressive in a way that we knew that this team would be good in a while. I don't know if I thought they'd be this good this fast. And... I think it can be better. I, I really do. Grayson Rodriguez yes. looks fantastic at AAA. I don't expect – I almost picked him up in all of our, my fantasy teams. I did not yet because some teams actually have kind of like my pitching for a change, which is rare for me. But I think he's going to be back in the next two weeks, and I think he's going to be just fine again. Where does this team improve? Like, Or do they improve? Do they stand pat? I think they improve from within, right? We just saw Colton Cowser get the call. Jordan Westberg's up here, and they look – they look like they're ready. Like this team knows that, how to develop that players. Offense is is ready to click on on all cylinders. Uh, and again, the reason why they've been able to have the record they've had, like versus some of the other teams where they've had a weakness, like okay, they, they have to add, like you said, external. Here it's it's been Kyle Bradish has been consistent. Uh, he's been good. Tyler Wells uh, has, I think, the best whip in the American League uh, within it. Like and other guys that have been pitching at least solid. Uh, at least just enough to be league average, which with that offense, uh, and when you're talking, if you're three, four, or five, is league average within it? Again, some of these teams, Cincinnati would kill for league average, mm-hmm. right? So that's what they have in addition to an abundance of some of the best uh, uh, position player prospects and young core that you could ever ask for within it. This team is just scratching the surface of what they're capable of, 
And that's why I do believe, because there's still more in that, in that minor league system, it is uh, uh, baseball's best uh, for a reason of what we're now already seeing at the major league level. I do believe they go get a pitcher. If there's a team that I would, would bank the most on making a trade for a pitcher uh, to at least be able to push forward here this year yet, go get a rental. Doesn't matter which one. Again, Lucas Giolito, Jordan Montgomery. There's plenty of of uh, just uh, half-season rentals that are not going to cost you a ton, and they have enough depth in their minor league system to go do that. So I see that team adding uh, to that uh, even more so when you have a dominant bullpen to go with it. That's that's the difference between – not that there's other differences between this team and the Diamondbacks, but that's the big one. The Diamondbacks have a good offense, struggling up, – up. Zach Allen's the best pitcher between these two teams, don't get me wrong, but after that, Baltimore has more depth in their rotation – and they have the dominance at the end of the bullpen with Yenier Cano and Felix Bautista at, as just lockdown, setup man, closer, however you want to set it up. It, great, and they can score runs. So uh, this team, it's going to make the playoffs. I think it's going to happen. Mount, Mountcastle just came back from an injury, so that adds even more length to the rotation or to the lineup. And yeah, they they can, they've got more players coming. So I, I think the difference probably with us is that I have them ahead of Texas. I have Texas at three. Oh, all right. So we have Texas. So let's talk Texas then. Texas, we know what Texas is. Texas uses the offense. Texas is absolutely bludgeons people to death, and it's worked all season, and they are an extremely good team. My concern with Texas is is the same concern that I've had for a while. Do they have enough pitching, right? Because as far as hitting goes, you know, Seager, this is finally the first year. I don't think I picked him to win an MVP, and if he'd stay healthy, he would. But – Seeger, Simeon, Nate Lowe, Jonah Heim, I, they just score. You know how many RBIs Adolis Garcia has? He's the AL leader right now, isn't he? I assume so. What is he at? 75. Wow. But it's not just it's not just that. They have Jonah Heim has 59, Simeon has 56, Seeger has 52, Josh Young has 56, and Adolis Garcia has 75. So what is that? Five guys over 50 RBIs already? That is ridiculous for this time of year. And They've gotten amazing. It's not only them. Like Leo Tavares has played fantastic for them all year, and Ezekiel Duran. That's who they got for Joey Gallo, who was a rental, and he looks like a stud. So they just have. Can they pitching hold out? That's the question because it's a bunch of guys who have injury concerns, right? Nate Valdi is never a beacon of health. John Gray, same thing. Andrew Heaney, same thing. Can it hold out long enough? Now they've already shown that they're willing to make moves because they already have Aroldis Chapman. They made the move for Aroldis Chapman to fortify the bullpen. Maybe there's more because I think they need – Martin Perez can pitch innings, right? He'll be fine. But I think you need one more pitcher just to, just in case because it's thin. If one of them gets hurt, it gets thin agree. real quick. I gave uh, more of multi-year experience within it uh, to the Dodgers. That's where I so have them at th- three. And that's who I have at four. So that's, that's the difference. I have the Dodgers. I mean, once again, we can say all we want about the Dodgers. We know that they have – they're willing to make moves. Now, are they going to bring on a whole bunch of new talent? Probably not because of Otani, but it's still a really good team the way it is now. This team can win a World Series. Without making a single move, the Dodgers can absolutely win a World Series because we talk about players coming back. Well, I think that Kershaw can be back soon. But unfortunately, Dustin May is hurt again. That sucks. But Kershaw will be back. The big one that really would bump boost him over the top is come September if Walker Bueller can pitch for them, even like out of a bullpen role. If Walker Bueller's back, but between Kershaw, Urias, Gonsolin, Bobby Miller, and Sheehan looks like a stud too. Like between those five, 
it's good enough to get this team into the playoffs. And that is, there's a lot of teams that would be happy with that five. And then the offense is great. So, yeah, I. Do you have anything more on the Dodgers? Because they're always good. <laughs> no, that's that's exactly it. And the, uh, this is the team that I don't care if they add someone or not. Uh, it, it's they're they're going to be the uh, in it. Uh, is is it is Atlanta and the Dodgers? If that's your NLCS again, uh, not uh, not it. surprising. Okay, so this next two teams here, we could have put. I, once again, there's a tier within this tier because these last two teams, I think, have clearly been the best two teams. I have Tampa Bay at two because they just got done losing to the team that I have at one. So Tampa Bay is two. Atlanta is one. Tampa Bay, first team to 10, 20, 30, 40, and 50 wins. Struggled a little bit down the stretch here at the very end. They struggled down the stretch. Was it are they three for three and their seven in their last ten? Something like that. Yeah, they they skidded at at the uh, the end here. They finally got one good win against Atlanta in the last uh, last game heading into the All Star break. But fifty eight and thirty five. I mean, you can't ask for more than that at the All Star break. They're still is that four games or two games ahead of the Orioles? Yes, two two games ahead of the Orioles. So that's still solid lead. It's been good. You know they've they can sit and talk about pitching injuries too. They've had more than their fair share of pitching injuries. But it sounds like some of them have not been, like, Glass now left early last time. Sounds like he's going to be okay. Uh, did I see – did we ever get an update on Rasmussen? Uh, he's now going to full Tommy John, third one. Yeah, that's probably the end of that one. Uh, and so who's uh, left? We had Glass now, Bradley, Eflin, and Chirinos. Is that who's currently healthy? For that, that fist bucket gets rotated through. Uh, McClanahan is the one who went on the aisle with this uh, more precautionary uh, for back. Uh, they expect him back after the All-Star break. This is just a chance to, to, to give right timing for a breather. Uh, they need a pitcher. Uh, and and one on each side, they need a starter and they need a bullpen. This is the, for a team that has always had an elite bullpen, this is the thinnest it's been in years. Now, again, what helps them, Andrew Kittredge, All-Star from two years ago, uh, had Tommy John surgery himself. He's uh, pitching in rehab games now. They expect him back by August. Uh, if if he is and he's looked good so far in, in the in his rehab, uh, if he is the guy that he was two years ago, huge addition uh, to this team and needed. Uh, uh, but you still need one more one more bullpen arm. But you need one more at least an innings eater. You need someone who can give you some innings. As it just a three or four, you don't need a top tier pitcher for it. But you need more depth to get you to the end uh, with an, and also just injury insurance. Uh, Tyler Glasnow is not a beacon of health. McClanahan missed a good amount of time last year within it too. You don't know what you have uh, or what's going to be there in, in October. If you have those guys, it doesn't matter. But you'd rather have more than not enough. Does Taj Bradley have an innings cap? I don't think so. I think they're going to be like, I mean, they might, do they give him a skip and a start, uh, some small things with him to give more breaks? They they need him now more this year uh, than they've maybe needed, a, more of a luxury uh, previously. Like Shane Boz started a playoff game for them, pitched maybe like one or two games in the regular season, and that was it. They like having that X factor at the end. They've needed him earlier uh, within this. And he's shown those growing pains, but he's showing... He's still holding his own, more of a classic rookie, but he's holding his own and showing very good swing and missed stuff. And the last one would be, so we talked about the other 22-year-old superstar with Seattle. Where, where are we at with Wander Franco here? This is, a, this is a skill set that I didn't expect. I didn't see the speed coming like it is. That, that's what I'd say. The, the 49 runs, 11 homers, 44 RBIs, 278, sure. 
Actually, the 278 might be lower than I thought he would hit. But I did not see the 28 steals. That's a 60-steal pace nearly. Did you think he could steal that many bases? Because I never thought he would steal that many bases. If I did, I would have picked him up in fantasy. <laughs> I, I, I didn't... Uh, I thought he'd be good numbers, but not enough to hit top tier within it, and so I passed on him. Uh, and uh, kicking myself in, in, in that way, I did not see the, the steals that way. Everything else all sure. adds up. If I thought that this was the rest of the the stat line, sure, that's on pace for that. ninety and twenty ninety, right? That's and a two eighty average. That, that's a twenty two year old, which is ridiculous too. Like we think about how you know Julio Rodriguez, same age, the young talent of baseball is fantastic, and he's absolutely a part of that. Let us go to, I assume that you have them at 2-2, Tampa Bay at 2. Yep, yep. The one team that did hit 60 wins caught the Braves, or caught the Rays, and has passed the Braves, or, man, has passed the <laughs> Rays. and lows, Rays and Braves. Record at this point at the All-Star break, 60-29, and 29, which is an absurd record. The Atlanta Braves, who are just a phenomenal team. Top to bottom, it is, they lit up. Taj Bradley, I text you. That's gonna that happens to everybody. Like for fantasy, I just don't. I don't care who it is. I don't start Scherzer. I don't start anybody against him at this point. I refuse because they can just absolutely blow teams out. See that I watched that game and Bradley was up for the challenge, but by the third, fourth, all of a sudden, there's one thing: it snowballs so fast. Because so even if no, you're playing there's well, no line, there's there no break. No break in that entire lineup. That so we were talking about it with with the Rangers, right? How good the Rangers' offense is, and it is. I don't want to say it's not, but you just look at this and it's. At the All-Star break here, 17 home runs, 55 RBIs, 306 for Sean Murphy. Thank you, Oakland. Uh, 29 home runs, 72 RBIs for Matt Olson. 22 home runs, 63 RBIs, Ozzie Albies. 7 home runs, 28 RBIs, but a 294 average from Orlando Arcia. 16 home runs, 44 RBIs from Austin Riley, which is a, like a slow start for him. Like 14 home runs, Eddie Rosario. Let 9, me. excuse me, for Michael Harris. And then... Yep. Acuna will skip for come back to, and then Azuna, 17 home runs and 40 RBIs. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players with 14 or more home runs. That, that's absurd. That is absolutely absurd. I've never seen a team do that. Not at, not at this level, not by the all-star break within this. It is a uh, just a monster offense, and that's before you even get into the pitching within it. But let me just ask you this end of your numbers. Someone finishes with a 331 average, 408 uh, OBP, 990 OPS, 25 uh, doubles, 21 home runs, 41 steals. You're in numbers. Is that, is that an MVP number for you? That could easily win an MVP award. And he still has how many months to go? No, so we, we still have, we still have uh, half of, of July, all of August, all of September. He is at MVP level numbers right now if the season ended today and there's two and a half more months of the season. This is everything that the uh, that Ronald uh, Acuna could do if he was healthy. And you are seeing that in real time. I mean, that is a 50, that is a almost 150 run, 40 homer, 120 RBI, 80 steal, 330 pace. With almost as many walks as strikeouts, it and once again twenty five. Like he is unbelievable, uh, absolutely unbelievable. How amazing he's been, and like you said, at this point, I don't know how anybody passed beyond an injury. Which God help us, I hope not. But I don't know how anybody catches him for an MVP award other than Otani getting traded to the National League. Like no way else that 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 happens because he's just phenomenal and. So we just talk about how ridiculous their hitting is because it is, but their pitching is really good too, like really good. Spencer Strider, Strider's I, first time watching him uh, this year when the Rays played him, 
uh, and just mowing down hitters. Uh, I think it was at like seven in a row, seven Ks in a row at one point. And uh, uh, Yandy Diaz, uh, one of the best batting eyes uh, in all of baseball. He's finished like in the top three, top five of OBP bet, yeah. in the last uh, uh, three to five years. So not only for good contact, but then also for knowing what's a strike and what's not. There was one pitch that almost went into the ground that he swung at. Like, you don't ever see that out of, out of Yandy Diaz. Uh, Spencer Strider <laughs> brought that out. So even guys that are the best at what they do, he makes them look absolutely foolish uh, with wiffle ball-type movement uh, on his pitches. It's just insane to watch. Can we talk about the fact that they're, what do we say, 31 games above five hundred, and Max Fried and Kyle Wright have missed a big chunk of the year at this point? Like, it will get better just from within. That is the thing. That is the sick part to think of this. Like, Freed is a forearm. He's, I believe he's throwing at AAA. I think he's supposed to be back in August sometime. It will actually get better. They have a ridiculous bullpen. The starters, you know, Strider, obviously, Charlie Morton. Bryce Elder's been unbelievable for them. And then you get Freed in there. I, it's really hard to pick anybody else at this point. And that's that's no slight to any of the other teams. They're just the most complete they're team. they're the most complete team. They, you could make the case they have the best offense and the best pitching right now, which... It's really hard to beat a team like that. I would uh, now they don't have the same pitching ceiling, but the the most complete to me right now uh, of the teams within, I like Baltimore right now. Uh, they're other than pitchers, these guys, other other than okay, the Braves, say, other than uh, the Braves, there's no way I'm getting against the Braves because that was that was what what I was getting at was for them like the, where their hitting level is, their the depth is good, the bullpen is elite, uh, consistency out of their starters. Uh, and that's even before you add one, uh, potentially add one more at the deadline here. But I, I like what they've done. No one has the MVP level. Like you could pick uh, on offense two or three guys that MVP consideration for the Braves. Uh, and then you have, uh, you look back to the starting rotation, you have at least a Cy Young. Uh, Charlie Morton has been the most, like, Mr. Consistency. Uh, every time. And he's. Uh, He's someone that you want taking the ball every every five days in the playoffs. Uh, always good for that. With like, they have the depth, but then the high the, the the Philly level. Like we said, the difference for the Philly construction is they're top heavy. But Atlanta has the the depth of, of a team like Baltimore as far as what they've accumulated with position players, but with higher ceiling or already at higher ceiling MVP level top depth. Of the of Philly, it's the perfect roster construction. If you wanted to put together a team, it it's this is why they're good. And guess what? They're all locked up. They're all pretty young. They're going to be good for a long time. And this could be, you know, I don't like to throw out my word like, but we haven't seen a dynasty in baseball in a long time. Atlanta has the makings to be one, uh, and could possibly win two or three World Series in the next five ten years. Here, I wouldn't be surprised. And that's the difference between them and the Dodgers of like two yeah. or three years ago. Uh, that team, up, they, yeah. they bludgeoned everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's that level of uh, uh, of just stomping over everybody. Uh, that that was the last team that did that. Uh, when, when the Dodgers won the World Series a couple years ago, uh, within year, a, yeah. a short year, that, that was there. But they lost some of that elite talent that were coming up to be free agents within the next year or two within it. Atlanta does not have that problem. Uh, and that's that's what makes them exciting. Like I said, dynasty level. Only team that's that's, that's done that is Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, Atlanta with their own questions. Correct. Not with, with an asterisk uh, yep. connected to it. There's no asterisk for Atlanta, uh, and they are locked. Other up than for, I'm not sure how they get teams. Other than I'm not sure how they get guys to agree to sign in the contracts they do. But 
whatever works for you. Well, that's our uh, power rankings as we get uh, set for the second half of the year. Uh, enjoy the uh, 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 the All Star break uh, and get ready for uh, what should be a fun. Like, from after we get to past this point, uh, the the rumors really ratchet up for the trade deadline. That's the next big thing, and then it's the uh, it's the home stretch as we get ready for uh, October baseball. All right. Thank you.